Just a quick intro to this one. Uh, this is Sean Eno, and we're doing a series with him on common clinical conditions around the foot and ankle and how he addresses that. He was on episode 66. We highly recommend checking that out. Brilliant guy, lots of good information. So if you're listening on audio, we highly recommend you go, jumping over to YouTube to check this one out. He does a lot of demonstration with the foot and just showing where things are. So we highly recommend that you go check that out. This is his first one on posterior tib tendonitis. Hi, my name is Sean Eno. We're here today from Extreme Footworks uh, Orthotic Lab in Idaho Springs to discuss posterior tibial tendonitis and issues with the posterior tibial tendon. Um, just to review anatomy real quick, the posterior tibial tendon originates in the interosseous membrane of the upper tibia. Uh, it's uh, an area between the tibia and fibula and the uh, upper lower leg below the knee. Um, and it is an extension of the medial adductors, gracilis, sartorius, and uh, the pezes. And it then runs down along the tibia. And when it reaches the medial tuberosity of the calcaneus, there's a little groove where it travels underneath and is contained in that space. And insertion points for the posterior tibial tendon are numerous inserting in the navicular cuneiforms one, two, three, and metatarsal shafts one, two, and three, the proximal metatarsal shafts. So its primary responsibility is to support the medial longitudinal arch, holding the foot up in conjunction with the plantar fascia and um, creating a situation that allows for shock absorption, but also resupination of the foot. So when we talk about foot types, one of the things that contributes to problems with the posterior tip is the hypermobile foot type. The hypermobile foot type will allow for excessive eversion of the calcaneus, medial and forward translation of the tibia, and also uh, a failure downward of the medial longitudinal arch, thereby increasing the burden placed on the posterior tibial tendon to support the medial longitudinal arch and to resupinate the foot during uh, the latter portion of stance phase of gait. So when we initially load uh, the job of the posterior tip when we hit foot flat and full uh, contact of the entire foot is to maintain the integrity of the midfoot and prevent it from completely failing to flat and also then allowing for it to resupinate and become a rigid lever for propulsion. And it's when the posterior tip is either out of position due to an overpronated and um, everted foot that it is then being demanded in what we call a stretch weak position to do its job. So in the hypermobile foot, we have the posterior tib attempting to restore the medial longitudinal arch. And this is kind of where I use the spinning top concept. It's 
when that foot is so far out of Earth's gravitational axis that the posterior tip has no chance whatsoever to do its job. So the wonderful thing about restoring the medial longitudinal arch through the use of a custom foot orthotic, say, is that it puts that uh, midfoot, rear foot back closer to the neutral axis defined by the anatomy of the person, but also that neutral axis defined by Earth's gravitational axis, i.e. we're taking the spinning top and putting it closer to where it came from so that the posterior tip can do its job to absorb shock and resupinate the foot. One other factor involved with the posterior tip is that it ties in directly beneath the calcaneus to the post the uh, perineus longus complex, which is on the outside of the foot, and we will talk in another podcast about that. We're going to drop back into our lecture here. We were speaking briefly about how the posterior tip then is responsible for resupinating the foot into the high arched rigid locked position, which by the anatomy of the midfoot, those bones all have what we call a maximal joint congruity. And so when the posterior tip is able to pull them all together, it's almost like if you've seen one of those little, uh, it, it's kind of like a wire with a thumb press on it and three claws come out the other end of it and you could literally use it to pick up something behind the couch. Well, it's kind of, uh, that thing was probably designed with the posterior tip in mind because as they come, as the different strands separate to those multiple insertion points in the midfoot, they draw the midfoot back up into what we call the dome of the foot. So if we use some other uh, foot doming exercises, we are actively firing the posterior tip. Well, we have also shown that the posterior tip ties together beneath the calcaneus with the perineus longus group, and together they stabilize the tripodal foot. So in instances where we have a skeletal deformity of the foot, say a forefoot varus, which we will also discuss along with, um, we'll discuss forefoot varus as a, a pathology in a subsequent uh, podcast, but we will also discuss the role and function of the perineal group in a subsequent podcast. But for today, we're just talking about how it ties into that group and together they do a job of stabilizing the foot and the foot if it is not structurally a tripod when sitting firmly on the supporting surface then it reciprocally in uh recruits both the posterior tibial group and the perineal group to try to support the foot in what then becomes more of a hockey skate than a tripod. So I always tell my patients as an analogy to, to imagine putting on a pair of skates but not tying them tight and trying to stay upright on them and skate with them loose. We could all imagine that would be fairly impossible. And the reason is we do not have a firm foundation beneath us when the three points of the tripod are not firmly loaded on the ground. And it's when that occurs that the posterior tip then fires throughout stance phase of gait. And patients can develop posterior tibial tendinitis in an instance where the practitioner may not see that 
overpronatory midfoot that is an immediately identifiable cause of posterior tibial tendonitis, but more an unstable platform in step, causing that to fire to try to stabilize the step. So it's less visible as a positional deviation of the foot where we have to look more within the gait cycle to see that they do not have a stable step and that they are firing the posterior tip and the perineal together to try to stabilize the foot. So the two chief drivers of posterior tibial tendonitis are excessive pronation of the foot due to conditions such as a hypermobile foot or a forefoot varus foot or a foot that is connected to a tibial verum, which for the layperson out there is a bowing cowboy legs, we call it. Those are all things that can drive the foot to have to pronate to become a loaded tripod, putting the, pair, uh, the posterior tibial tendon in a stretch weak position. But the second one that's a little bit harder to discern for both patient and practitioner is that unstable tripod, tripod of stance phase and the subtle recruitment of the posterior tip throughout the step. And it isn't any single step that's driving it into a tendonitis, but every step. And so the patient uh, can derive the posterior tibial tendonitis from also, believe it or not, having a supinated foot, one that externally rotates because when the first ray, the medial aspect of the foot is not firmly planted, say it's up in the air, then the foot then becomes the hockey skate instead of the tripod and the posterior tib is recruited along with the perineal to stabilize the foot. So it does not just um, occur in the pronatory foot, it also occurs in the supinatory foot. So by definition, that posterior tibial tendonitis can be located anywhere from the insertion points within the midfoot to the area where it moves kind of lateral superior to the medial malleolus um, around that turn. But most commonly, we can palpate it at insertion or we can actually palpate it up in the belly along the tibia about four inches above the malleolus. So as a practitioner or even those of you at home today want to figure out whether you have posterior tibial tendonitis, give yourself a monkey grip about four inches above your ankle. If it hurts on the inside of your tibia just to the touch, you might have posterior tibial tendonitis. If you can squeeze your arch and it's sore in there, um, you're not a doctor, probably can't diagnose yourself, but you may have posterior tibial tendonitis if you have pinpoint soreness in your arch. Then again, you might have plantar fasciitis, so you need to check with your qualified practitioner before you make any conclusions. But a lot of times posterior tibial tendonitis is also confused with plantar fasciitis like we discussed in our plantar fasciitis podcast. Uh, that's about all we have today for posterior tibial tendonitis. Thank you very much.